guys, welcome to Unraveled. This is our podcast hosted by me, Caitlin Gillespie, and our co-hosts, Matthew Davison and Isabel Rossi. Today, we're going to be discussing something we are so excited for. We're talking about Halloween, getting in the spirit of things spooky. So, to start off, guys, what gives you the creeps? Well, growing up, the dark was always something that gave me the creeps. Like I could not, I could not sleep out like without a nightlight on because I just felt like the darkness was suffocating me. And I always thought someone would like grab me. I don't know. I just felt like someone was going to get me when it was dark. So that's what gave me the creeps growing up. But I can definitely relate. Like when I, when I was younger, I also had to have a nightlight going to bed and Another thing for me is like sleeping under the covers, oof, exposing myself right now, but I feel way more comfortable and like safe when I was younger if I had a blanket over me because I felt like no one could get me if I had a blanket over me. But then if I had the blanket off, I felt like someone could just grab my leg and pull me into this alternate universe. This was me as a child. I'm okay now, guys. But I I still have that fear. Like, I... I was watching something like fairly scary last night and like I just I don't know like I kept on having to get my flashlight out and like flash it and see if anyone was there and like I found when I was a kid like you said that your legs have to be covered like my neck had to be covered like at all times because like I don't know I just had this fear where someone was gonna stab me or something. Oh my gosh but yeah I had to be covered up to my shoulders like the only thing that was okay was my head because I had to see if someone was coming. Yeah, I need to breathe too. Like you, yeah, you put I, over. The, yeah, you put yourself under the covers once, and you're like, "This is just not doable for me tonight." But I don't know. I would like literally sweat under the covers, but like that's so gross. But this is when I was a kid, and obviously <laughs> I wash my sheets. But I would sweat rather than like take a little bit of blanket off because I was so terrified. Like I really thought a monster was gonna grab me, and there I'd be gone, snatched. But like also horror movies always have that like scene where whether it's in the dark and like you'll look at the horror, like the character and they shut off the lights and it just gets scarier. So I just, I don't know. I always feel like that happens. Yeah, I agree. Another thing for me, which has to do with like the dark is going to the basement. I had this huge fear. Like, I'm not even joking. I would not go to the basement unless I had my parents go down first. Um, and also in my basement, the light switch doesn't work. We've never gotten it fixed. So you have to walk down on the dark and there's like the doorway right there to the basement when we get down. So I'd be scared that someone's like waiting around the corner to get me. But yeah, that, and then when you watch like a horror movie, when they, people go into a basement, it's always like those creepy stairs and you're going down and it's squeaking, which is kind of like my house. So yeah, no that's little scary. noises. That's kind of creepy that you have to go down in the dark. That's, I wouldn't be brave. I'd be like, hmm, Juliet. Yeah, I'm still. <laughs> Get my sister to do it. But yeah, and also like little creeps or bumps in the night. Like my house is really creaky and like I was home alone. Like I'm home alone today and um, watching scary movies. I was like, what is that? Like I was always looking over my shoulder. It was so creepy. I was terrified last night for no reason. I had to double check that all the doors were locked. Like why? And then I just hear creaking. I thought I heard someone turn on the sink last night and I really thought someone was in my house. Terrified. Oh my gosh. Terrified. Yeah, like, I was home alone one night and I mean just being home alone in general at night gives me the creeps sometimes. Mm-hmm. But my basement door, it was shut, but then I guess the wind, I don't even know how there's wind, but the door just kept opening and closing and I was sitting on the couch just watching it happen and I was like 
is this for real? Like, is the door really just moving open and closed? Like, no one's home. There's no window by the door. So that just gave me the creeps. Yeah, I'm scared terrifying. for you. <laughs> one time, one time when I when my leg was broken and I couldn't walk, basically just lying on the couch. No one else was home. Like the dryer was on, like the washer and dryer, and it was making this loud noise. At the time, I didn't know what it was, so I literally thought someone was breaking into my house, and I my leg was broken, so I couldn't even walk and like run away. So I was just like sitting there, and I was also like a little bit medicated as well. So like I wasn't in the right mental state as well. I was just like bawling my eyes out and like I had to call my mom and like I don't know it was I was probably more screwed up rather than spooky like I actually thought I was gonna die I'm so sorry for laughing like when you said you were bawling I was like oh (laughs) I know I've had those moments too it happens to all of us yeah I mean sorry you go ahead Isabel no I was just gonna say after the Zach and Cody episode I don't know why I could watch Coraline and I was fine but I just remember we watched like the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, the one episode, the one Halloween episode where, all in, where they're all in that room. And I remember that. I don't know why that terrified me. Like I, I stayed awake that night that we watched it and I was that's like. That's scary. That's scarier than most horror movies in my opinion. Like, yeah. That's scary. I don't know. I feel like especially when there's kids, mm-hmm. it just gets you a little different. They just did it so well. Like that was just <laughs> too scary for kids. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know I how I watched I completely forget that. what happens, but I remember, like, they're all sitting at the table, and then, like, ghosts. Were they in, like, stuff. a classroom? No, they were, they were in, like, an old hotel room that was haunted, and they're, they go around, and basically, like, they're trying to call on the spirit, because I rewatched it. It was a lot more entertaining, and, like, I forget that they're, like, 25-minute episodes, so they're really quick, mm-hmm. but essentially, London left an expensive bag with money in it. And then all of them are like, oh my god, I want that money. So they go into the room, and then they find the purse, and the money is gone. And London's like, no, 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 I need my $1,000 because it was her, like, what is it, like, allowance money. So then they call in the ghost, and one of them gets possessed. And I was like, ooh, scary. Yeah, I, lo- I love that when all these, like, shows just have, like, the one Halloween episode, and you're like, all right, bring it on. I also used to watch um, Pretty Little Liars. I watched that around Halloween time with my friends when I was in like middle school that gave us the creeps like with the whole a person and how no one knew who a was and how all these creepy things are happening to the four girls we were home alone too like handing out candy watching that and it was just like yeah I remember my sister watched that show and the Halloween episode I don't remember completely what happened but like yeah that was scary like I think one of the girls goes missing in that episode at a Halloween party and like Yeah, the first episode of, like, the entire show is they're all, like, gathering together, and then one girl leaves, like, the barn, and then all of a sudden she's missing, and she's gone for, like, the entire show until, like, the last two seasons, I think. I don't really remember, but... Spoiler! Even though that show has been done for, like, what, two, three years now? But, no, the first season of Pretty Little Liars was very scary. I don't know why I thought that I was gonna get stalked by A. Anyways, I was wondering, do you guys, you know, Halloween, do you guys believe in ghosts? Is that, like, something you think is real or no? I'm curious, Matt, do you think ghosts are real, yes or no, and why? Yeah, I think they are, like, not to get, like, religious or whatever, but I think some people die and then, like, they come back as spirits, maybe? I don't know. But, like, I don't think there's such a thing as, like, ghosts who can actually, like, kill you or whatever, like... 
they're scary in the sense like you don't want to disrespect them i think kind of like you wouldn't want to go like an ancient mayan place with a bunch of like really mm -hmm. special artifacts and like start messing with it because i think the spirits could mess with you you know but um like generally i don't i don't think there's too much of a population of ghosts a population <laughs> yeah i mean i'd say i believe in them but it's not really anything that i would think about when I was younger, one of my friends, I remember her telling me she saw a ghost and I was like, there's no way, there's no way that's like real. But like, I think now ghosts are there, but I don't necessarily think of ghosts as haunting us. Like, I think they're just there and they're like watching over us. I don't know, like, yeah, I don't the same like, way, yeah. like if I were in a room, I don't think I'd ever feel the presence of a ghost there, but I feel like I'd know that they're there if that makes sense yeah no i know what you mean but i don't i don't believe in them at all like i don't think things go bump in the night like i i hear creaks in my house but i think those are actual people making them so that's kind of worse to me but i never i think it's because i hopefully i have never had a paranormal experience myself and I had so many friends that were like this is haunted this is this i don't believe in it but personally i would never mess with a ouija board like that's something i wouldn't do even though I don't believe in all the hocus pocus, there's just certain things like you don't mess with them. You're like, it's better left unsaid, kind of like Matt said, but I don't know. Like I always used to watch movies where like kids would talk to ghosts and the parents would be like, who are you talking to? And they'd be like, my friend. And the parents were like, and I said, mom, did I ever do that? And she said, no, Isabel, you never talk to a ghost or something. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just don't, I don't think they're real. Even I think like religiously, people can send you signs, but ghosts that go bump in the night, like the ones that possess you, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't there's such a thing as like malevolent or yeah, malevolent ghosts who are going to like murder you, but like sending you signs and like feeling their presence kind of, mm -hmm. does that qualify as a ghost? Like maybe not, but like, yeah, I think ghosts exist, but not in the sense of like, they're going to like murder your family or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> I just think there's murderers, which is kind of scary. Scarier, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. No, it's just ghost stories growing up, or even like something like Bloody Mary. Like, don't believe in ghosts, but wow, that can't mean. How did you guys ever hear about like the story yes. of Bloody Mary or like yeah. that? I think that was such a middle school thing where they're like, say her name three times and she'll appear. Yeah, that was a big thing in like it was grade three. I can remember exactly yeah. what it was like. It was such a big thing and like I don't think I ever did it but like people like the thing was like you're supposed to go into the washroom and say Bloody Mary three times and then look in the mirror or something like that. Mm -hmm. I never did it and then there's this one kid who did it and then he like I guess thought he saw something and he came back to the class and he was like hysterical he's like crying like and then my teacher was asked me to take him outside and like Walk around, walk him around the school a bit to like calm him down, because he was just like in tears, crying. Oh I like how you God. were certified enough to do that. Yeah. yeah. At least I yeah. thought you you were gonna say she was gonna ask you to go to the bathroom with him or, or see if like he, what he was talking about. I was gonna say that is a terrible teacher, but just went for a little walk, a little cruise. <laughs> what did he yeah. see? Sorry, I guess Caitlin. he just saw the Bloody Mary okay. thing, or it was yeah. I guess he was just kind of made it up inside of his head, like he expected to see Bloody Mary and then he kind of just like envisioned it but he pro like he definitely didn't see anything unless he did I don't know that's he crazy know. But yeah at my school we definitely had that and that went on for like 
probably when I was in grade four, five, and six, it was like this huge thing. And we had this washroom in the basement, once again, basements. And everyone was like, oh, well, don't go to the bathroom in the basement. Like, you know, who's going to get you, you know, who's there. And I was really like, okay. But I think a lot of people at my school also used it just to scare people. No experience quite like Matthew and the friend you had or person in your class. Mm -hmm. But people would, like, try to freak other people out in that bathroom when I was younger. So, I mean, I hated going to that bathroom. And then they'd, like, see signs um, in the bathroom, like, marks on the wall, which were probably just from, I don't know, just they made the mark. In my opinion, I don't really think that anything happened. But, yeah, I remember that being a huge thing when I was in, like, public school in those grades. Yeah, I feel like Bloody Mary and Ouija boards were really big, at least for my area. I think we all, like, I come from a very, like, religious background, or not really, but, like, we didn't go to church every Sunday, but, like, my mom, I remember she said once, because I talked about how my friends played with Ouija boards, she said, you better never bring one of those in my house. She's, she doesn't believe in it, but she's like, that's, it's just not something you mess with, but I had friends who would make their own and play with them and tell me, like, scary things that would happen, or someone got possessed after, and I was like, this just doesn't, Like, I think I would actually have a panic attack as a child. I thought I would. Like, if I was doing one of those, like, I thought I would have a heart attack and just die if something that scary happened. What, like, what age were your friends playing with, like, the Ouija boards at? Grade three, four, five. Like, it sounds so young now, but that was, like, middle school was really the prime time for that kind of stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, I just remember my mom saying, don't ever bring that. Don't ever try that or bring it to my house. Especially don't bring it to our house. But... (laughs) I mean, that stuck with me, and I've never done it just because I don't, it's a question I never want answered. (laughs) It's so hard to, like, I see, like, YouTube, it's so funny, like, to see YouTubers do, like, Ouija boards, and they all, like, do this with their fingers, like, where they're tapping it to make it seem like they're not pushing it, but you can still push it. Like, it's always a question of, is it a friend messing with you, or is it, like, actually someone, and if you don't close it the right way, you've left a bad spirit into the world, like, it's just, like, I don't know. But now you can buy Ouija boards with Stranger Things on it. Toys R Us, I remember, was selling it yeah. with the Stranger Things. A Ouija that's, board. Oh, that's crazy. But yeah, Ouija boards for me, I only really, like, started hearing about them when I was in high school. And it was at, like, a party, too. People were, like, drunk out of their minds. And they decided to take out a Ouija board and use it. And I was like, see you later. Like, I'm not staying in this room. But then I remember this one guy, he just tried to, like, scare everyone. So they were doing it and then he hid under the bed and then he like tried to pop out and then like someone's hand moved. It was just, I don't know. Every time I heard about it, no one took it seriously. But yeah, no one did it at a young age. <laughs> yeah, I don't but... think I'd be that afraid of a Ouija board. I don't know, like some like Mattel toy company made this random piece of plastic. Like why would a ghost be? part of that you know like you know what I mean like I don't know like it's nothing like that spiritual like I don't know I remember my sister had one and I don't remember like I think she might have got freaked out by it but I doubt it was anything no but like honestly Caitlin walking into like a party and people playing with the Ouija board sounds like a plot for like the beginning of a horror movie for some reason that's the first thing I thought of when you yeah you were saying that I was late to the party too so like I walked in and I was like let's get going like woohoo and then I saw what they were doing and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> what what did I just walk into 
I think it's funny how like I can say that I don't believe in ghosts but like certain things I just you just know not to mess with like whether you believe in it or not you it's just Mm -hmm. like the unanswered question that you can live with never knowing if it's real or not I think if you're looking for something bad some you might you're gonna come across something worse if that makes any sense but I guess I I get what Matt's saying like it's literally like a couple of objects manufactured by a toy company and the fact that they threw like kid faces on it for like stranger things that's a little bad Okay, so next we're going to talk about the Unsolved Mysteries series that we all enjoyed watching in the past week. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. The two episodes we watched were the 13 Minutes and then The Missing Witness. So I guess we'll start with the 13 Minutes. This one was basically about a hairdresser who goes missing and everything happens in the span of just 13 minutes, which is kind of the reason for the title. So what did you guys think of, of watching that? What was going through your mind? I felt really bad for the sun, first off, because I think that's, like, the worst thing that can really happen to you as a kid. I thought, like, the husband, it was, he gave me weird vibes the whole episode. Like, I didn't know how to feel about him. There was just, like, so many things from this episode that I was, like, this seems off, this seems weird. But, yeah, it was just, I felt really bad for the sun, and I could tell right from the beginning that they the son and like the stepfather were not close like I don't know why like the first five minutes I could tell within them having their own private like like talks like or interview sessions I was like oh they definitely don't get along like I don't know why I got that vibe yeah I definitely got the same vibe with like the son and the stepfather I did find um what was his name I think it was Rob yeah Rob Patrice's husband I found that he was kind of like skeptical at the beginning when he was talking, but I also didn't suspect him at the beginning. Like I kind of forgot about him as the episode went on, to be honest. And I did feel bad for the son too, because he talked about how at the beginning, the last time he saw his mom was when he was dropped off for school. And then they said, I love you. And then all of a sudden he gets called to the office and they're like, we need you to call your mom. Like, I can't even imagine having to, like, walk into an office. Like, you're like, oh, I'm probably in trouble. Like, it's a normal day. Because he said he went to the office quite a lot, too. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can't even imagine, like, trying to call your mom. And you know she always answers when, like, she misses a call. So that was just really sad to, like, listen to. It was just, like, the whole episode I didn't really, like, I forgot about Rob. But then at the end when he was, like, they have no alibi. They have, like, no, I was, like, oh, that's a little weird that he said it so confidently. I don't know whether it's because he's been accused of it for so many years, but the way he was explaining like where he was at, I was a little bit, I was just a little bit skeptical then. I was like, oh, that's a bit weird to mention. He's like, I was at the gas station at this time. It was timestamped. I was like, okay, right, Rob, we get it. You didn't do anything. I don't know. I feel like he had something to do with it. Like, I think he hired someone. I just, I think he was a part of it somehow. I don't yeah, know if you guys heard that. Know. It's always hard to know, like, with those documentaries, like, like, you don't know if all these people are telling the exact truth, and, like, the way that documentaries are put together, like, they might make you think a certain way, but, yeah, like, Rob definitely did feel a little bit sketchy to me. Yeah, also, like, yeah. sleeping with the urine, I was like, okay, okay. Like, yeah. I get the comforting part, but the, when he was describing it, I don't know why it weirded me out. He's like, you know, because we used to, like, cuddle, and I was like, okay. Okay, Rob. But, like, also the fact that he didn't let his son see the urine and, like, the ashes, and he kicked him out. He kicked the son out of the house. He the changed the locks. Okay. I don't know if, like, Rob, can Rob legally kick Pistol out? Like, that was so weird. 
and then he didn't let the son get his stuff and i was like so confused i was like this man really said he didn't let pistol anywhere near him i was like oh yeah i found that skeptical about how he changed the locks like and then but he did say that he didn't like the son he didn't lie about it but he did like they did have different stories for some things like about how rob said that they didn't fight him and patrice and then pistol was like they fought all the time which is why i went to my room half the time they were together i thought it was odd too that she mentioned to the son oh hey like what would you do if i disappeared like two weeks prior and she was like he was like well i just go to my dad's i guess but also, I thought it was odd um, when different murderers or, like, people who have been to jail stepped up and said, like, they killed her. And then they took back their um, statements um, or they were found not guilty. I, I hear that happens a lot where someone will pay them to just say that they're guilty so they go back to jail because they already have, uh, what is it, like, a criminal background? Like, they already have... Because mm-hmm. one um, of them was a serial killer. Like, he killed, like, eight women yeah. before, I believe. Like, it could be, like, either she has, like, really, like, the mom just had really weird kind of surrounding, like, Rob was just a bit off, like, they were all off, and, like, something happened with them, or it really was, like, a random murderer who, like, coincidentally rolled up and said that was the day he was gonna hurt someone, but I also thought it was weird when a cop popped into it, and he was, like, you know, this guy was, he was really normal, blah, 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 he liked sports, he talked about, like, and he loves fishing, but he had demons, he liked to sexually assault girls. I was like, I don't know why the build-up to that made me laugh. I was like, he had demons. Okay, yeah. let's just call a spade a spade. That as soon as the police officer started talking about that one suspect, you could tell that he was, like, leading up to, like, he's this great, like, he sounds so great, and then, boom, not so great. Yeah. He had demons. Um, <laughs> I also found it kind of weird, um about like the calls she had that day um, when she went missing because she said, they said that she picked up one call and she was like very short and dry, which isn't like her personality at all. And then she didn't pick up the second call, which also is not like her. So I don't know if maybe this was something that had been happening for a little while, which is maybe why she asked the son, like, what would you do? Because I don't know. I like, I don't know what those calls were, obviously. No one does. But like they said in the documentary, like those 13 minutes are probably the only evidence they need right now. There's definitely a side of her that no one really knew and no one could really bring up or wanted to bring up in the documentary. So that's kind of why I suspect the stepfather a little bit, like, because like, he was sketchy afterwards as well. Like, there must have been some side of her that no one ever saw. I was gonna ask, do you think that she just took the money and ran? Like that was a kind of like a thought because there was no money. Do you think that she just left? Like she just abandoned her son? Do you think that's like even an option to think about? Oh wait, I def- well they did find her, but like at the beginning, did you think? Um... Yeah, I mean, at the beginning I didn't, it, that didn't even cross my mind. Um, Cause they talked so, everyone talked so highly of her about how she was such a people person and how she loved her son so much. It's definitely a possibility, like it was a possibility. And even then we don't even know how she got to where she was in the end, like how she got to the creek or wherever they found her. So for all we know, like maybe she did try to leave and then someone followed her 
Like we really don't know the path, but then there was also the talk about how she was outside the hair salon. Well, so it's believed she was outside the hair salon with someone and it looked like there was an altercation or maybe it was just, they saw the situation wrong and like someone's trying to help her up, but we don't really know. And I feel like because of her personality and what the documentary showed us, I personally feel like that wouldn't have been a possibility. And if it was, it would have been probably the last one to look at with mm-hmm. all the information they had. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, a mom doesn't just abandon her son, especially. I don't think she'd leave her son to be with Rob knowing that they both don't get along whatsoever. But yeah, it's still don- it's still weird to me that he he changed the locks the next day. Like, I understand that he felt, uns- like, because he did say, oh, well, I felt unsafe. But my first thought is, like, I don't think I would change the locks or I would just lock the doors because then I thought, I'm like, what if the person who's missing comes back to the house? Like, that was weird to me that it was, like, the day after. Even though it made sense, it was still off. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense that you'd logically want to protect yourself. But it was just odd. Like, that wouldn't be my first thought. Because my first thought would be, like, what if they run away? Like, what if they're kidnapped and they run away and they they Mm -hmm. have the key to the house and they can't open it now? I don't know. What did you guys think think of that part? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Like, he just really resents the son, like, resents Pistol. And, like, maybe that's a motive, like, for why she went missing, like. I'm your significant other, like, you need to spend more time with me, like, stop with your stupid son, and then, like, he's, like, okay, it's either me or him, and then she's, like, well, I can't choose between both of you, and then, like, she goes missing. Maybe that's kind of one of the reasons, but I don't know, like, it's definitely really weird that, like, after losing his mother, like, the stepfather, who, despite everything, should still feel some compassion towards a grieving son who was related to the supposedly most important person in his life. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely agree. If I were to ever have something like that happen and I was like the stepmom or whatever, I and I didn't like the child at all, I definitely would still have some compassion for the child because you both loved the same person. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of shows how messed up of a person he is like if he's doing that like and it kind of points me more towards him doing it because like who does that like who's that emotionless of a person that would just lock the son out after his mom was missing even like their different stories like how basically both of them thought that they the other one was jealous of the attention they were getting from the mom to me it, it made more sense in the son's um the son's story because I'm like, it's a kid, like, you see it from, like, kind of a different angle when you're a kid, like, you're a bit more naive, but for the stepdad to think, oh, she, you know, the son was jealous, like, I don't know, it was just kind of weird that an adult was so upset that, like, a son or a kid wanted attention from their mom, that, like, he made him seem like such a jealous and angry person, and I was like, you know, he's a teenager, you know, maybe he, she's not, he's not exactly happy that you know, she chose you as a partner because that must have not been a healthy household to, like, be a part of, especially if you get locked out the day after. That's why, yeah, I've come to the conclusion personally that um, although, like, I don't think Rob 
did it, I think he had something to do with it. Just because he acted so weird. Like, he just gave me such weird vibes. And at first I thought maybe he's just, like, an odd... He's an odd character. But I don't know. At the end, he really, like... Yeah, my conclusion is he maybe hired someone or he had something to do with those people showing up because he did have a lot of alibis, and which is something someone will prepare for because they know that when a spouse, like he mentions it, he's like, obviously I would be the first suspect because there's so many cases like that where the spouse will like literally kill the other one. So yeah, I've come to the conclusion that Rob did something. He's, he's in that mess. What about you guys? What, what conclusion yeah, do you guys have? Yeah, I definitely think there's something to do with it, something to do with Rob and his involvement. I wish we got to hear more from, like, friends of Rob and kind of hear, like, if they knew there were issues going on in the relationship that he had with um, Patrice, because we heard from everyone who was involved with Patrice, but we didn't really hear much about other people on Rob's side. He doesn't have friends. Gonna say yeah <laughs> I didn't I mean I definitely didn't picture him having many friends after the way people talked about him but I'm sure there was someone that could have talked from to get a different perspective because as much as I do think he was very skeptical and kind of creepy the way he went about it and how everything was prepared it is true like a lot of the time if you're the spouse like you're going to be questioned because Obviously, they had some issues, so that was a big reason. But it's also hard to not seem skeptical at the same time because you, like, obviously you want to have an alibi, but then at the same time, if you talk too much about it, then you're skeptical because you have the alibi and you are so prepared. So I think it's hard in that sense, but I do think that I agree with you and that he had some sort of involvement, but it's so hard to tell. It is, because he could really just be, like, an odd kid. Like, it could just really be, like, the situations were weird. And it could, like, the other thought is that really it was random people that um, came and hurt her. Like, it really could have just been that, just because that 13-minute window of her last friend seeing her and just driving by and seeing, like, those people roll up. And she was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I don't know. I Overall, he seems like they seem to have such a bad relationship that I can't believe the boy, like, Pistol couldn't have any remains of his mom. No pictures. Didn't let to see, like, have the ashes or any part of that. I was just, ooh. A bit. Left a sour taste in my mouth, to say less. And it was really sad when they found her remains, and it was all scattered. And they had to, like, hunt, like, they had to, like, clear everything and find it. I thought that was really sad. Yeah. I thought that it was really hard to hear, especially, he found out the same way, too, that he found out his mom was missing. Like he got called to the office once again and he didn't think anything of it because he'd been called to the office multiple times, probably due to the fact that his mom's missing. So he's kind of gone off the walls a bit. But then when he got there, he saw his dad and his dad was like, they found her. And then he's like, oh, where? He had that hope that she was still out there. And then he's like, no, like they found her remains. This one was just sad like really sad like as opposed to like spooky I don't know I just found like usually cold cases you can kind of separate yourself from the emotions and just kind of look at it without the emotions and more like who done it kind of thing but this one was just kind of sad like being called to the office and like stuff like that but the second one which was the missing witness 
um, there's a lot that happens in this one. It's just basically yeah. a family, like a single mom with three kids and the mom kind of can't really find a stable husband kind of. And I think that's kind of part of her personality. She likes to kind of, I don't want to say sleep around, but like she has a lot of love interests. Um, and basically what ends up happening is one of her future husbands um, goes missing and then one of her daughters goes missing as well. So this one had a lot of elements to it. Um, mm -hmm. You kind of had to like lead up to where the daughter eventually goes missing. Because essentially the story is Sandy the mom is highly suspected of killing her second husband, um, Greg. And then when Lena, who is one of her daughters, who is basically an accessory in the murder, wants to come up, like come out and say something about it, she goes missing. And so basically this whole episode is, it seems like this whole episode is like, we know who the murderer is. And it's just like, we go through the story and then we end up seeing why the evidence can't be used against her and all this. I personally found this one kind of disturbing. Um, like hearing everything about this mom, Sandy, I found it so disturbing to hear about how she went about it, knowing that the daughter who went missing by the end of the episode, Lena, was there. And then she was put into the room with the dead body so that like the sisters didn't like want to come in the house when they came home. And then she had to go help the mom, like, dispose of the body, like, and then asking her to not say anything. And then the way she went about it when two of the other daughters found out, or, like, the one daughter found out and kind of used it as leverage, which was not necessarily the best idea on her end as the daughter, knowing what her mom had done. But then she, like, drove her out into, like, the middle of a road at night. And then the new husband she was with, Chris like pulls a gun to the side of her head and it's yeah, kind of like was, if you say something like you're going to die that was crazy like i didn't know whether she kind of had a change of heart because chris pulls a gun on her chris was his name or his yeah chris. Was chris yeah the and third husband <laughs> to save herself like the daughter like goes and hugs her mother as a kind of a way as like a body shield Mm -hmm. And then the mother tells her that she loves her, like the daughter, like, don't shoot my baby or something like that, which is kind yeah. of like expressing how she still cares about her. But I didn't know that if that was more of a, if that was actually real or not, or was it just a way for her to cover up her tracks? Because like you see in a lot of toxic relationships, there's always going to be some kind of bond between the mother and daughter even as like screwed up as it might be, like you're always going to like have that connection with her. So I thought maybe one of the reasons why she was like, don't shoot my baby is because like, she, know, she knew if she did that, she, the daughter would be less likely to turn on her. I almost didn't feel like she had um, a change of heart. I think she just used the gun as a scare tactic. And she knew that maybe she thought the daughter had a change of heart. Um, but I don't think the mom did. Like, I think the mom was ready to, like, kill her and, like, do what she did with Greg and obviously with Lena. Was it Brandy that she did that to or was it Robin? I can't remember. It was, ooh. I think it was I Robin. It was Robin. 
Yeah. So like, I don't think, I don't think Robin had like, you know, she actually wanted, obviously she wanted her to use her as a, a human shield at that point. Cause at that point in the story, Robin had the information that she actually did kill Greg and she was like i'm gonna turn you in like they got into a fight and you say like you say things in a fight that sometimes you either don't mean or maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to say and then she goes get in the truck get in the truck yeah and then i think that would have been suspicious and then driving her out in the middle of nowhere just like i don't think she had a change of heart i think she was ready to like kill her daughter because she did it in the end anyways to get something she wanted just to keep up her own lifestyle and overall like the whole details like she just seems like a very um she probably has her own issues like she is a mom of six girls like if that's being a parent is really hard like a single parent especially but she gets with her first husband and then cheats on him with her brother with his brother sorry i think just like having that no regard for other people's feelings one in an affair but also someone so close i don't know i think she was ready to keep up a certain persona and then lena had something she wanted which was Lena's son, because she always wanted a boy, but she ended up having six girls. So one, Lena co- confessed on tape that she did kill her, like that um, the mom did kill Greg. And then she had to, basically, she went back on that statement um, because her mom which, got her lawyers, yeah. which is like a master, she must've threatened her with something. Like obviously must've threatened her with doing something with the son. Well, I think um, she probably just threatened her with like, you're not going to turn on your own mother like would you like I think she's kind of like manipulative like that and that's I think that's part of the reason why when she was ready to kill Brandy like she kind of like reached out to her in like that emotional way where she's like I'm your mother like you can't turn on me that was kind of the what I thought like why she had to go back on her word and then I think really the turning point was when like all the daughters kind of realize that their mom, their own mother is a monster and they're kind of past that phase of like adolescence and like they can see it for what it actually is, is like their mother is like a, a psycho and like killing people and like they yeah. finally turn on their mother and they realize their mother will not stop at any cost. Yeah, I also, also yeah. oh sorry, <laughs> I think that um, another reason that the mom may have got like Lena to take back her statement originally was because they talked a lot about how Lena wanted to keep the family together because she knew if that if like if her mom went to jail that they'd all be separated and put into different like foster homes and stuff and I definitely feel like the mom probably leveraged that and leveraged the fact that she's like the oldest and that she has to set an example and if her sisters find out then the family will just go to shred and I definitely think that the fact that she was there too because she was younger she probably didn't realize that she could have gotten out of it because she was younger and that she wasn't necessarily the person who killed um greg so she the mom probably amped that up a lot in my head i'm assuming that she would go to jail too and she probably said stuff like that just to scare her or even like threatening her and that like if she tells someone then she's gonna do the same thing to her yeah i think yeah, her being one of, like, the oldest daughters, I think, played a big part. Like, you know, she was closest to her growing up. But also, like, the fact that they, one of, I think it was Robin, the oldest, who saw her mom scrubbing bleach on the floor because she had to go. Yeah. I was like, ooh, the mom was probably, like, I can only imagine what kind of stare-off happened at that point because that's it's very suspicious, very, like, obviously very murder-esque. 
if I do say so myself, like just kind of suspicious that you're scrubbing bleach on the floor after your husband's gone missing. Yeah. I feel like she but, wasn't yeah. very careful. Like she no. wasn't very worried that her daughters were going to kind of turn on her because even at dinner that night, she was like, she said like, if anyone asks you, he this went out to happened. get bread or something like that. And all you had was spaghetti, like something weird like that. Like, so that's so suspicious. And then one of the daughters even saw them taking the body and them putting it into a truck too. Yeah. Like, they weren't very careful with it. And I think it was because this entire time, like the mother was kind of like, she never thought that her own daughters would turn on her because their entire life, she was the one putting food on the table and like working so hard for them and she always kind of like threatened them I guess eventually with like if you don't have me you're gonna be in a foster home and you're all gonna be separated yeah it was just like a whole it was really yeah over I think that's so like if I said to one of you hey guys if anyone asks this is what happened to Caitlin and we had spaghetti for lunch Matt I think Matt would be like um Isabel, that's a little weird because I don't like spaghetti and I don't want to eat that for lunch. But I just, it was very odd, especially when like the daughters were like, we knew that was Greg going into the truck. We knew it was his body. Because I saw like his boots. and Yeah. Even like I, it was so carelessly done. But yeah, she definitely didn't think her daughters were turned on her. But when you take away their niece, their nephew, sorry, and they know what kind of a monster you are, like they don't know if she assuming that like the mom did this and like this is all factual like we don't know like if the nephew grows up and if she turns on him and then he goes missing like kind of the unsettling reality that she would do it to her own blood like doing it to another person enough is terrible but to your own blood especially is just like hmm. so yeah I thought that was so scary like how she's growing up with or how the the son like the nephew the daughter who she killed son is growing up with like her mother's killer like that's like he has so no idea no. also and like then... they mentioned how she made him call her mom the yeah. sandy the grandmother would say call me mom to the kid before lena gone went missing anyway so i'm like this seems almost premeditated either way mm-hmm. um yeah, and it I just think... happened yeah, I think she was definitely taking advantage of the fact that Lena had to work so many jobs because she had a child now, so she wasn't home, and she would have the child for the entire day. So yes, she was helping out her daughter, but then she took advantage of the fact that she never had a boy, and she was always spending time with the boy, so she decided to take it upon herself to make that decision, to be like using the word mom around yeah. the son because yeah. she thought like- that it would just catch on. It's like eventually when person. even like, jumping to like the abandonment files, I was like, okay, sis, we can give it a day, can't we? Like it was definitely predetermined. Like she was setting up this whole thing. It's like Rob, can we give it a week before we lock the doors? Can we give it a week before we file abandonment for the kid? I don't know. It just like this whole case was really it was I would say it was more disturbing than sad because mm-hmm. with Pistol you saw how like sad he was and how much it really messed him up versus the daughters looked literally like ready for vengeance which is uh, also when she was like sandy was asked to take a polygraph test for i think it was greg and like for greg's situation and she said if you find the body i'll do a polygraph test and i was like like it's so obvious that she did it and that's just why it's frustrating more than like sad it's just frustrating because 
you know, she did it and you kind of realize the limitations in the legal system where you need concrete evidence, which mm -hmm. definitely is how it should work. But the idea that you need concrete evidence, like so many cases like this go unsolved like, and there's no like finality or like for the daughters to like finally have their sister's killer in behind bars and like the family of her ex-husband who she killed as well like there's no kind of like there's never going to be any finality to that because those, there's never going to be a way for them to prove that she did it yeah there's no closure for the daughters exactly to, closure yeah and i think for them too they're they're more so scarred if anything because they saw things happen the one daughter robin her being pulled into the truck because she knew that's so scary to me like you never want to see your mom again after that, like knowing that she was willing to put a gun to your head and kill you just because you knew something she did. Like, yeah, and like I don't know, kind of, sorry, go ahead. She Matt. gets in the truck like so willingly because I, I doubt she ever thought that her mother would kill yeah. her own daughter. Like, cause this at is that the time person Lena wasn't the missing. Most, yeah, this is the most important person in their lives. Like the person who like was a single mother raising all these children taking all these jobs and like always having food on the table, like they mentioned in the beginning, like you would never imagine that she'd be the one who would put a gun to your head or make someone else put a gun to your head. Yeah, cause like they have concrete evidence, but because Lena took back her word on it, it's worth nothing, which is mm -hmm. so, it's like that, the, you know, the, they obviously make the justice system to try and, you know, find justice, but this is where it fails, where it's kind of like, all the fingers are pointing towards her and they have evidence but because under suspicious like um a suspicious encounterment she retook her statements like it was just weird lena retook her statements and then went missing and somehow that's not able to be like connecting the dots yeah it was um very disturbing i think this i think the first case was more of a cold case than this one because cold case is essentially when you they can't find out who did it and it seems like the first one, we really don't know as much as we think we know we don't know. Versus this one, it seems like we know who it is. They just can't put her behind bars kind of thing, if that makes sense. Wouldn't you, don't you think, like, this is less of a cold case yeah, and more of, like, I just agree. such a frustrating? Yeah. Because it's a he said, she said, you can't put anything down on paper to put them behind yeah. bars. All right. Well, this is a fun little Halloween episode, guys. Yeah, yeah this is a good one. Week? Our next episode is going to be dropping two weeks after this two one. Two weeks from now, yeah. So, guys, put your notifications on on Apple and Spotify. You know where to find us. Make sure to tune back in in two weeks. We don't know what the episode's going to be about. We want it to be a mystery for you. So just come back. you got to come back and see it. Yeah, that's good. Good, <laughs> yeah. good advertising. Good promoting. Also, this... follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast. Yes, this has been an amazing episode, our pilot episode. I hope you guys enjoy with me, your host Izzy, and my co-hosts, Caitlin and Matt. See you guys in the next episode.